Hi, is this Garrett? Yeah. This is Audra. Hey, Audra. Yeah, I'm glad we get to uh, talk finally. So how's how's your day been going? Um, really good. Yeah. yeah. I to, uh, invite you to talk about your your journey with Jesus. I was just thinking about the message about the love of Jesus and your your name popped up in my mind and would you be willing to share how did you meet Jesus? Yeah, I would love to. Uh, do you want me to just jump in? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I was, um, hmm, man, where do I start? Okay, let me see. One second here. Okay. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, I was born into a, um, like a Catholic family, okay? And I was, uh, ever since I, I could remember, like, we, we went to church on Sundays, and we went to Catholic Mass on Sundays, you know? And um, I remember I always believed in God, you know? I always believed in God and, and that, like, that there was... Um, there was something that we couldn't see that was like more real than, than uh, the world we actually lived in, you know? And so growing up in, in Catholic school and stuff, we would learn um, some things about the Bible and stuff like that. But um, I understood the gospel was that we were all sinners and that, um, you know, we were bad people and, that basically we were just going to be sinners till the day we died, you know? And, um, that was kind of it. And we go to church and we confess our sins and, and, um, we do a bunch of things, a bunch of things. And, and then, um, we've done our work for the week, you know, and we can rest and, and know that God is, uh, is pleased with us, you know, but, I remember when I was younger, see, I understood, I, I knew what the gospel was, but I didn't understand it. Like I knew Jesus died on the cross and, and there was always at church, there was always, you know, a big statue of Jesus on the cross. And I believed that story. I always believed that he died on the cross for my sins and that he was still alive, but I just didn't understand like what that meant, you know? And I remember when I was really young though, my grandmother used to tell me, she used to tell me that I was God's son. And once again, I never understood what that meant. But inside of me, like deep inside of me, uh, I would get like really excited. It made me feel good, you know, and I believed it. And I was like, wow, that's the coolest thing that you could be is to be a child of God, you know. And I, I just like, so I grew up, I grew up and that word that she spoke to me always stuck with me. And that was like my identity my whole life, even as a kid, even though I didn't understand what it meant, you know, 
but and I was a pretty good kid you know time went on and and um you know I started to uh I started to be lonely in this world you know I started to feel like this was not my real home you know and um I was I guess you could say I was kind of like I had fear and anxiety and like depression as a kid. Um, it wasn't diagnosed or anything, but I remember always feeling like an alien, you know, like, like I didn't fit in and that uh, nobody understood me, you know, and that there was just something different about me that like was, was not that you couldn't uh, overlook, you know, just noticeable, you know? Um, but yeah. So talk and, and those feelings that I had of like not being adequate and not um, being, I guess, like everyone else um, really started to bother me, you know, and, and what I remember it like to this day, even at a really young age, I understood that I could either follow this voice inside of me that called me to be different and called me to be set apart and pure and holy and to think of this life in more more than just physical terms, but in spiritual terms, and basically through the lens of love, you know, um, and valuing things that are of no value to the world, you know, um, spiritual things like like love and, and faith and, you know, the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, you know, things like that that are of no value really to the system of the world, you know, into the values of the world, but, um, they are to God, you know? Wow. wow. And I think like when I was even when I was really young, I noticed that. And I noticed that like the world did not treat people like that. Well, you know, so I had this choice, um, growing up in school, I saw it as like, well, I can either be like everyone else and fit in and receive, you praise for lack of a better word praise but acceptance and comfort in being like everyone else and doing the things that they did or i could continue this walk with god uh who i didn't really know at the time to be honest um i, I mean i did somewhat but like um he was always there his voice was always there i didn't i didn't understand that it was him all the time but it's kind of like he says, he said uh, to the, the disciples, like when they when they said, Lord, show us the father, like show us the father. He said, have I not been with you long enough? Do you still not know me? You know, and I think for me, like before, am I taking too long in this answer? Oh, no, I go ahead. I, I, I've just. I, I love how God has been giving you the vision as a gift, and I can see that your your heart is is for jesus so i i'm just i'm happy to hear that yeah 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 so okay i'll just jump back in then okay so like yeah so really the issue is love okay so like i was you know as a human being like god has created us to to love and to be loved you know and um god is love and at the time, like, I, I would say I knew him in spirit, you know, um, and I heard his voice, you know, and I followed him without even knowing it a lot. 
but then it, it came to this point where, well, I saw that the love of my peers, love of the world, acceptance from the world was, was uh, something I wanted, you know? And so slowly over time, I, um, I started to go down that path. Um, and, you know, it, it was a, it was a long, hard journey of just seeking, seeking comfort and pleasure in things, you know, like, um, like drugs and alcohol and, um, just being, doing everything with the motivation of getting attention and acceptance and just feeling okay, really. I just wanted to feel okay, you know, and I was, but really I was just deprived of love. Right. So, you know, um, and time went on and there were a lot of people that hurt me throughout the years, I think in subtle ways. Um, especially like women and, and stuff like that. And, um, none of that stuff was healed. You know, the, the world can like really, the world really puts its claws on you. Right. And, um, it uses you up. It uses you up. And so that's what the devil does. Like he, he, he'll give you something that you, in your heart, you think you want, but it comes with consequences and then it fades away and it's not eternal, you know? So I, like years and years of that, like really hurt me. And I went into a really downward spiral and I started like, I became a, a heroin addict and, and like, I was just, I was a horrible person. I was a liar. I was a thief, you know, but, and, and I renounced God for years. Like I just pretended that Jesus wasn't real because I wanted to sin. I wanted to keep sinning and, and do my own thing. And so eventually, eventually time kept, going on and on and things kept getting worse and worse and all of the pleasure I was seeking, like it didn't bring me pleasure anymore. And then I started to just have this horrible, dreadful feeling, you know, and I could feel God's spirit like with me all the time, especially when I was sinning, like it was like he was right there and I could feel his eyes on me, you know, and I would get up every morning and, and, uh, and start, and start repenting for my sins. Cause that was all I understood um, to do at the time. Like being raised Catholic was, you know, you're a sinner and you have to re just repent for your sins. And like, God's mad at you, you know, and you have to change your ways. And like, so I would get up every morning and I would repent and then I would do, you know, I'd keep sinning the rest of the day. And then, and, um, but during this time, something crazy started to happen because I started to have uh, sleep paralysis and I started to like have physical like manifestations. And, you know, I, I saw spirits a few times. I was touched a few times. Like they would do things to me when I was in, in sleeping and uh, I would literally feel it when I woke up and stuff started to get really scary. But um, it all started when I started to seek the Lord again. And there was this war. There was this war for my soul going on in the spirit realm and you know I was still bound by sin and I and I I kept sinning and I kept repenting but for lack of a, a better way of explaining it what happened is over time God's grace just took over and for something happened to me from the inside out you know um, he changed my heart and he gave me this like power to um, to overcome 
my sins, I guess, you know, and, and what happened was I was like, I just had this revelation one day because I would wake up and repent. And one of my prayers was, I would say, Jesus, like, take my life. I don't want to be alive anymore. I, I don't want to wake up tomorrow morning. Like, I just want to be with you, you know? And I would pray that like every day that I wouldn't, that I would die. Cause I didn't want to commit suicide, but I was like, I don't want to be alive. I have no worth, I have no value. And I just had this revelation one day that God was not going to let me die. That he was, that I was, that it wasn't who I was. This was not the ending of my story. And when I thought about myself, I thought about what my grandmother said and how I was a child of God, that I was God's son. And I really still believed that even in my lowest times. And then I, I would think about that prayer that I prayed that I wanted to never wake up again and just be with the Lord. And I realized like, that's not who I am, you know, and that God literally would not let that happen. And all of a sudden I just had this will to live, you know, I uh, checked into rehab and, and, um, got clean and by the grace of God. And, um, I started to, to pray without ceasing every day. And I, I remember I was in rehab and I was, uh, like, I would just, I would, you know, escape and go to the bathroom and just get on my knees in the bathroom and, and like, and just beg God for, for something to, for just any kind of help. I, I say, Lord, like, I, I don't even know how to make it to the next 10 seconds, you know, I was being delivered from a lot of evil spirits and, but it was the craziest thing. Every time I went to the bathroom to pray like that, I would come out of the bathroom and the joy of the Lord would just be like inside of me and all around me. And it was like, it was just so freeing. I, I felt God's love every time, every time I, I opened up to him to pray, I would feel this like supernatural love that wasn't based on anything except for his Holy Spirit in me, you know? Yeah. And, said, um, yeah. John three sixteen. that for, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believed in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I feel that God yeah. is a unconditional love and what human beings, they're conditional. Mm. So true. Here, I'm going to get my Bible out. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah. Oh. So is there like a time limit? No. Okay, cool. This is fun. Okay. So basically, all right. And this, you know, I love the Catholic Church and, and like, you know, there are brothers and sisters. and um, But to this day, I find myself still, God is still peeling back the layers of deception that that have been plaguing me in my life because um, like we just grow from grace to grace and we grow in knowledge of his love for us, right? Like you said, like God so, so loved the world that he gave his only son for us. And um, yeah, he went through the painful crucifixion in order for us to, to have that relationship with him, to experience that everlasting love I found through him and so yeah. we know how to radiate that love to others as well because he shows us how exactly exactly and like so the thing I struggled with 
that I still find myself falling back into is saying, you know, well, God loves me and he paid for my sins on the cross. He paid the ultimate sacrifice for my sins on the cross. And there's actually, there's actually nothing that I can do on my, there's no work that I can do except for believe in him and the work that he did for me laying his life down for my sins on the cross um, that can get me into heaven, you know, because when John the Baptist came, like he said, he said, let every, let every high place be made low, prepare the, the way of the Lord, let every high place be made low and every low place be, you know, lifted up, you know, in the, in the truth is, is that like the nature of man, the fallen nature of man thinks that, he can do anything to get to attain to the righteousness of God, you know, because we believe the gospel. We believe that that Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice for our sins on the cross and that he was buried for three days and rose from the dead to overcome sin and death in the grave. Right. And that through his death, we can attain to eternal life as well. And but I always wanted to add something to it. I would always say, but I need to repent, but I need to change my ways, but I need to do this or do that. And, or, or, but I need to be better. I need to be better. And the truth is, is that like, we can't be better without his help, you know, without the Holy spirit living in us. And, and the word says that like, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory, you know, and that word hope is like really important because, well, Jesus paid the sacrifice by his blood that my vessel, my temple will be cleansed. So that the holiness, the Holy Spirit of God could come dwell inside of me and do the work of God in me, as opposed to me doing outward works, trying to, to clean myself up, right? But it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That word hope is like, is really significant because the Bible says that, you know, who hopes for something that he can see, you know, meaning like, sometimes we look at our lives and we say like, well, I don't look like Christ in all of my ways, you know, and God's, God's not judging us for that because he sees the end from the beginning and for the joy set before him, he endured the cross because he came and he saw us. He came and he saw us a beautiful bride that was, was broken, you know, and dirty and filthy. And he said, but I know who you really are. And that's why I'm going to pay all of my inheritance to get you. Because I want to spend eternity with you, you know. I've said like, it is, it is, uh, you know, eternal life is that we would know the Father, that we should know Him and the only Son who He sent. You know. Yeah, it's just. That, yeah. Love is patient, is kind, and it doesn't keep records of wrong. Mm. So it keeps moving forward, and I think that uh, what you're going at was how. We, we need the help of Jesus to love, to, to forgive, to be patient, to be kind, because we can't really do that in our flesh because it is in God's help that we can, that we can do that to love others. And when we put our hope into other things, that's when we fall because the internal life is only through him. We can't find it through relationship careers or anything else like any addiction like drug addiction because he he's the only way to to give that life 
Mm. So I think right, you're so true. So true, yeah. How do you make yeah. time and space for him? What's that? How do you make time and space for him? Um, time and space. Because I know that in this world we get we could get really distracted because we live in the west side of of the United States and everything is about getting ahead. Our careers, most mostly. Yeah. The dream, the American dream. So the second question is, how would you make time and space for him? How would I make time and space for him? Okay, so well, you know, um, I like to uh, remind myself that, you know, I... Um, God is everything like before the world existed God was you know and all things physical came to be through through uh, through the spirit and like so what happens is you wake up early in the morning right and constantly you just start to get bombarded by all your worries and your cares right and yeah. the things that you have to do and so, it's, and that's when anxiety will strike you and, and uh, get you to focus on all your problems and all the things you have to do. But really, you know, God says, seek first the kingdom of heaven. All these things will be added unto you. Um, and God is a good father. And the scriptures say that he knows what you need even before you ask of him, you know. And so what I like to do, the first thing I wake up is... It just start talking to God. Just say like, Lord Jesus, how are you doing today? You know, and, and then and then listen for his response. And sometimes he'll say some really amazing things that are just like, I don't know. So anyways, I just start a, like a dialogue with God and, and start to set my eyes on him, to focus on him. You know, because the word says that a mindset on the spirit is of life and peace. You know, and so I just close my eyes and I start talking to God. I start thanking him for all that he's done in my life and for everything that I have. I say, I say, Lord, thank you, Father, for every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. And you have provided all these things this day. And, and it's this is the day that you have made, Lord. And um, I just want to spend it with you. I want to spend it being your friend. I want to spend it getting to know you. Whatever troubles I have in this world, Lord, um, I will just... Uh, I'll give them up to you and, and know that you're with me on the journey. And I ha I need not fear and, or worry for anything. And you are my shepherd and I shall not want, you know, I have everything I need in you and uh, everything that pertains to life and godliness has been given to me, you know, and it, it brings like a restfulness to the soul because it's really it's uh it's those things of the world will try and steal our peace. And we want to enter into God's rest that Jesus died on the cross for, is that we could rest from our works and rest from thinking that we have to do everything, you know, um, and that if we don't take care of all of these things that we're going to be doomed. But God's, God's the opposite. He's like, he's like, I've already taken care of all of it. I just want you to, I just want you to follow me, you know, and that's so thankfulness. Yeah. 
So yeah, I, the answer to the question, I, I feel like, um, do you want me to expound on that a little more? Yeah, you like it's I, I feel I feel that he gave us six days of hard labor and then Sabbath for a reason for us to be centered back to him. Because when we don't put that time for him, I think that's when we have anxiety, we have stress and we have our circumstances define us and we start to lose ourselves in the world rather than finding our identity in him. We find our identities, our labels in our in how in how we're doing, but what what our identities are is, is in him, what he's what he planted for us and his privilege. Mm. And we might lose that when we don't have a morning devotional or some type of devotional to him. And I think that you're you're right about the the seek the kingdom of God for and all these things will be added onto you, mm. which means that we don't have to worry about things because when we put him first and his kingdom, he will provide all ways because he, he owns all the oxen, everything mm. here. And so he, he can, he can make a way for us if there is a need. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, it's so true because, um, you know, it says that it is um, it is the spirit that brings life, but the flesh profiteth nothing. And um, we can spend all our time focusing on the things we can see and taste and touch and feel. But in the end, it's um, they just fade away, you know. But if we can if we can focus on God, who is love. Right. The Bible says that God is love. And if we can receive that love from him and and set our minds on that then we will find ourselves being set free from the elemental powers and structures of this world. Um, and reading the word is really important because like the scriptures, um, well, the Bible says that we have been born of imperishable seed and that seed is the word of God. That is the man of the bread that comes down from heaven. Jesus himself, the spirit, the Lord is the spirit. And that seed's been planted in us, right? So any in 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 the word of God, the scriptures, the written word is um is spirit and life, you know, and so is so is the spoken word that God's speaking to us all the time. But ourselves with the scriptures and just read them and meditate them and even invite God in to talk to God about them, because the Holy Spirit wants to be your teacher and guide you into what the scriptures are saying, you know. And the more you feed yourself with that word, the more you realize that it really is like a seed. You know, and, and Jesus said that, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that, you know, it's, it's the tiniest seed, but when it's planted, it becomes this huge bush. It, it continues to grow and grow and grow and grow over time. And so that seed gets planted inside yourself, the word of God. And then you might not even understand what it's saying at the time, but then a year down the road, you'll, it'll just be birthed into this this blossoming tree that's grown inside of you that God has been watering all along and all of a sudden you just have this understanding of the scriptures but more importantly person of God himself and that's what it's all about you know that's eternal life 
yeah and then i think that spiritual welfare it's very normal for a, for a person who is very close to god or beginning to to have a relationship with god because he doesn't want us to have that blossoming relationship that that seed to grow he wants us to not have that seed and distract us and i think that what you're saying about reading the word that's how we could help ourselves get out of that stage and into that rest in him and that joy that he he originally called us to have and it goes to the third question it's what makes the love of jesus active in community because hard to do it ourselves to grow so what do you think makes the love of jesus active in community that's a really good question it's just it's very interesting because here the flesh wants to rise up the flesh wants to claim credit for doing things you know and jesus said that apart from me you can do nothing he said and john the baptist said that no man can receive anything unless it's given unto him from heaven right and so what happens is we strive for this righteousness sometimes that we um we want to be we want to become this righteous holy pure person right and be set apart and the bible says that well, Jesus said that my word, you are already clean because of the word that I spoke to you. Already clean because of his word. You know, he said, is it not I who chose you? We think that we chose him or we did something, right, to gain favor from God. But the, the scriptures are very clear that it's by grace that we are saved through faith in him. Because Jesus is our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. And if we can claim any kind of righteousness for ourselves and claim any kind of credit for the righteousness that we attain to, then it's not God's righteousness. And it's not the righteousness we want. It's actually a demonic righteousness. It's self-righteousness, you know. And the truth is, is that um, that can put us in a really dangerous place to think that actually we did anything on our own, you know. And so I want to read a scripture here that in community, this is really important because, you know, um, we, we like to, to put, we, we like to, we like to take that yoke, right? That heaviness of, of being right in, in God's eyes and, and carry it and, and it breaks us down. And actually what it does, it leads us, bad. It leads us uh, even worse bondage, you know? And Jesus said, come unto me, you know, I, um, my yoke is easy and my, my burden is light. You know, I, I am, and I am meek of heart. And so even Jesus, when he walked the earth, he realized that without his father, without his father, he can do nothing. He only did what his father was saying, or, or what he saw his father doing. He only said what he, he heard his father saying. And he said that everything that I have has been given unto me by my father. And so here is the son of God. He is righteousness, holiness. He's perfect, right? And even him, he knows that he can do nothing apart from his father. 
He doesn't take the glory for it. See, that's the thing. I'm humble and I am meek of heart. Now here's, he's perfect. God is perfect. Jesus is perfect and he, and he still humbles himself, even though he has the right to boast. He has the right to claim his own righteousness because he is, but he's still humble enough to give it to his father. And so the crazy part is, is that not only is God pure and holy and his holiness is set apart, like there's nobody. Jesus is the only one that has attained to the holiness of God, right? No, but no one else who has lived has ever attained to that perfection, right? He's, he stands alone in that arena. And at the same time, though, now this is the crazy part. At the same time that he is that holy and pure and perfect, he is also pure love. And he is also all merciful. He is the most merciful being in existence. And so you got to ask yourself, if God is one, if God is, is pure, if he is one, right, there's no division in him. There's no shadow. He's only light. And he's not only the most holy, but he's also the most merciful. Then clearly you cannot attain to the righteousness of God without being as merciful as him. And he's way more merciful than any person. And, and that's what people forget is that he's both at the same time. So the holiness of Holiness and mercy are directly connected, actually. And, and I want to read a verse to you in Galatians 5. It says that, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. And so he's saying here, like, you know, people, there's, you can, you know, in the Old Testament, you had to be circumcised in order to be clean in God's eyes, right? And and, it, and now it's different. You have to have faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross to cleanse you of your sins, right? And so it doesn't matter about these, these works, these exterior works. Um, works are good, but he's saying that, you know, mutilating and correcting each other and tearing each other down is not how we attain to the righteousness of God. It's only by faith working through love. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, the scripture says. And it's clear here in Galatians 5, 6, that faith is activated through love. When the word of God, faith in the word of God, the word is, Jesus, you know, really is the word, you know, when it's activated with love, when it's combined with love, this is what actually the work of sanctifying us and helping each other grow um, into the image of Christ, right? And so we have to ask ourselves, okay, what is love then, right? And 1 Corinthians 13, like you said, states what love is. And the the two most the two uh, beginning, beginning characteristics of love are, like you said, patience and kindness. And it's his patience and his kindness that lead us to repentance. And that is huge because, and this is, this is actually a key issue for most believers, is that they're not experiencing the patience and kindness from their brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. And to go even a step further, they're not experiencing the patience and the kindness that they need from God 
And it's not because God is not patient and kind towards them, but it's because there's some kind of stronghold in the mind or some kind of lie that they're believing that that's not how God is towards them. You know, and this is something I've struggled with so much is that, you know, the first attribute of love is patience. And that's first, it mentions patience first because it's, it's the foundation and that opens the door to kindness, right? So if you can't believe that God is patient with you, then you might actually not be experiencing a lot of the love of God because there's a blockage there and you have to come out of agreement. You have to, to, um, you have to change your mind. You know, you have to be renewed in your mind in that area because, you know, the world believes, the world believes that God is not patient. But the scriptures say that he is, you know, and, and we get caught up, we get caught up there a lot, you know, and it, and it really steals us from having peace with God. And it really puts a lot of pressure on us to perform, you know, like if you had a job, say you had a job, you get hired at, at a job, right? And they're like, oh, we're going to pay you well, but the moment you make a mistake, you're fired, you know? How would you, how, how would your demeanor be at that job? Would you, how, how would you perform? You'd be, you'd be scared. You'd be uptight. You wouldn't even actually be free to like, to like grow and, and, and get better at your job. You'd be so afraid of making one mistake and being fired, you know? So God is patient and he is kind. And without that, without understanding that, um, we can't, it's hard to even help other people if we don't have that same patience and kindness for them, you know? Yeah, I think it ultimately goes back to the creator, how God loves us. That's how we love others. And mm. I think it doesn't go with looking up to people, but to Jesus, because when we look up to other people, we might we might fall because they're not the definition of the love of Jesus, because Jesus is the definition. Because when we put on what love is, and through other people that can distract us but i think it goes back to following what jesus says says what love is and then emanating that totally totally we want to look just like him and he he was so merciful you know he was think, so yeah yeah and i think that it goes with ourselves first and then it goes it's like first we give out love to receive it. So God always loved us in the beginning. He he gave that love already. We just have to receive it. And I think like in this world, it's more of receiving and and uh, giving back. Yes, totally. So which that goes back to the I mean goes to the last question, which is. What is the love of Jesus? And I think you already answered that, which is being love, patient, kind, keeping no records of wrong. And it also says perseverance because God loves us so much that even though we may fall, he, he will always persevere, find us in those times and get us back to him. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And, 
I'll just add one more thing to that, um, if you don't mind. Yeah, of course. That, um, so it says that, you know, through the, um, the law of the spirit in Christ Jesus, we've put to get, we've put to death the law of sin and death, you know, and, um, and the truth is, is that we're no, we're no longer under the law. Okay. Because, because the Bible says that, um, if we want to be justified in the sight of God by keeping the law, meaning following the rules, like the 10 commandments, then we have to always keep all of them and we can never transgress, you know, but nobody's ever done that. It's very clear that nobody's ever done that. And so we need the forgiveness of God. Right. And you can, in the Bible says that unless you can forgive, you will not be forgiven. So there's a law, there's a law there that we do have to, to watch out for is that we need to forgive just like God forgave us. But it also says that, um, it is the spirit that brings life, but the law kills, right? And so when we break, when we break laws and, and we believe that, oh, you know, me, me transgressing in that way, me breaking that law is like big enough to, to rob me of my salvation, that, that can condemn us, right? But the truth is, is that the spirit brings life and we're no longer under the law of sin and death but we're under the law of the spirit, it says, Romans 6, 2. And through baptism into Christ, our old man, our flesh, died. It was crucified with Jesus on the cross, dead and buried, and resurrected into newness of life, glorified with Jesus Christ from glory to glory. And, and so it is the spirit that brings life. The law puts to death, but the spirit brings life, right? So Jesus, when he came to the earth, he did not judge based according to the law of sin. He judged based according to the law of the spirit. And like it says, um, that Galatians 6.12, I think, right? That, um, you know, we war not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual powers and principalities in the heavenly realms. And so... Jesus understood that our sin and the things, the oppression in our lives and people, people that don't look like Christ, basically, he understood why they were in that situation. He had compassion and he had mercy and he did not judge us or condemn us based upon our sins in the law, but he came and he set people free from evil spirits. He healed the sick, right? He had understanding. And he said that all the law and the prophets actually is summed up in this one statement do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And Jesus knew he came to feel our sins for us. Like we are one body with him. And when one member of the body suffers, the rest of the body suffers. So he literally felt our pain and he understood. He understood like what we were going through and he had mercy and compassion. And what we can do is actually ask ourselves the same thing and say, you know, if I was in this situation that this person is in right now, whether it's sin or, or pain or trauma that they're going through, how would I want to be treated? And if we can ask ourselves that question before we react, we can actually treat people with the love that, that we know that we deserve, that we want, that the love that God has for us, the love that Jesus would have for us, right? So we judge spiritually and we we, we judge no man according to the flesh anymore, not even Jesus himself, the scripture says. 
And so that means we have to, we have to be willing to bear with each other in love and actually fight for somebody else's freedom and be understanding with them and compassionate, patient and gentle and kind, right? But if it is the spirit that brings life and the law kills, then usually accusation is not the right thing, the right way to go about it, right? And, and the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin because they do not believe in Jesus, right? And so a lot of times it's not even the Holy Spirit who's convicting us of our sin, but God is just our teacher. So we look at all the functions of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the one that brings life. And Jesus came to bring life and life more abundantly, he said. So that means that all of his recommendations for us, all of the things that he asks of us, that he requires of us, is only because he knows the path that will bring us the most life and prosperity and peace. Because the kingdom of heaven is of righteousness, peace, and joy, it says. And that's, that's where we are home, is in the kingdom. And we want to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. We want to experience that righteousness, peace, and joy, right? And so we can only do that in the spirit, in the presence of God. The spirit is the spirit that brings life. So let's think about all the things that the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit, he is our teacher. He is our healer. He is our comforter. He is our helper. He is our encourager. Okay, so like, there's all these graceful things that the Holy Spirit functions as for us in a very humbly, uh, humble way, actually, um, and not, not a scary way, you know. And, and that's the one thing we got to remember is that a lot of people think that God's trying to punish them. A lot of people think that God's trying to take their joy. A lot of people think that God is trying to, that God doesn't love them pretty much that he does not have good things for you. But really, all, that he, all of his efforts for us is to do just that for us, is to guide us into life and peace. You know, and it says in 1 John that he who fears has not been made perfect in love. You know, and a lot of us, we don't trust God and we fear, we fear God because we don't realize how much he loves us. And if we did, if we only realized how much he loves us, then we wouldn't have fear and we'd have peace, you know, because fear has to do with punishment. And it, it's not, he's not our punisher. God is not our punisher. Sometimes he has to correct us. Sometimes he has to teach us. Sometimes he has to prune us a little bit. But he does all of these things because he is a good father and he knows what we need, you know. And it's just like when we were kids, if our, if our father said, you know, do not cross the street without looking both ways. Well, a child, we, we want to be childlike if we want to enter into the kingdom. A child would say, um, well, I know my father loves me, so I'm not even going to question. I know that he's telling me this because he wants to look out for me and because he knows what's best. And so that's what we all believe. Most people in this world, they believe when they're really young that their father is Superman. I did. I know I did. My earthly father, I believed he was Superman, you know, and I just like he knows everything. That's what I thought. So I'm just going to listen to him, you know. But then what happens is you grow up and you start to realize that your father may be not that perfect after all. 
you know, and you start to question things a little bit. And, um, but we can't mistake that experience with our earthly father, with the experience of our heavenly father, because he has never changed. He is the same yesterday, same tomorrow. And he's always loved us with an eternal love and everlasting kindness, you know, and he, um, he always will. He always will. And yeah. Yeah. It says in John 10, seven through 10, it says, therefore, Jesus said again, verily, truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are the thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pastures. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. So, yes, it's him that he's a shepherd, that he is the one that guides us to that internal life. And it is because I think there's four types of love. And I think the, the love that God is displaying is the agape love, which is the universal love. The unconditional, which is only found through the through the spirit realm, it can't be seen through the world the world realm. This is offering time and acts of kindness, something beyond ourselves, which is different from eros love, which is the passionate love, which is physical, which is hugging and kissing, mm-hmm. and then the other one is philia, which which is like love between friends, which is more of like talking, giving support in hard times. And the filial audio, which is self-love, just taking care of our personal needs. And I think the agape love goes more of how to the way Jesus loved, which is finding those sheep that are lost and bringing them back to how God loves. Yes, because that's a, a covenant. That's a covenantal love. It's uh, it's not based upon contingencies you know it's just based upon him choosing to love us forever just as a husband chooses to make a vow before god and say i will love you until the end forever and jesus says i will be with you even till the end of the age you know and um and yeah that's a a love that's that that's a love that actually helps us to have life because it takes the pressure off of us, actually. Because we know that God's not just going to leave us or forsake us the moment we make some, we, we do something wrong. You know, he's he, with he has, us. He has a lot of grace, and he always guides us to the path that, that will lead us to internal life. And he always brings us things that will put back that he, he fights our battles hmm. that are croaked any croak places that he who make our places straight and it does say like the golden rule about treat others the way you want to be treated mm-hmm. it's like what would jesus do in that situation right right so good yeah and i think it has to do with receiving i think god knows exactly what we need to receive what we need to give and mm-hmm. if we need to receive receive he'll I think he'll definitely provide that. And if we need to give that, he'll definitely give us that obedience to like to do that. It is in his his spirit that we can. Yes, praise God. Yep, and 
yeah and for anybody you know that's worried about what qualifies them you know um jesus said that the, the work of the father meaning the work that he the work that the father requires us to do is to believe in the one who he has sent his only son jesus to believe that god is really just that good that he really loves us that much that he paid our our debt full on that cross and he made a way for us to be back into the presence of the father and to have a relation a loving relationship just as a father and a child do um yeah forever and so knowing god god is with you god loves you and god wants to know you and he wants deeper relationship and fellowship with you every second of every day Yeah, I just want to um to end the 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 day with the the first Corinthians thirteen four seven. It says, "Love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, sorry, boast, is not proud, does not dishonor others, is not self seeking, is not easily angered, keep no records of wrong, does not delight in evil, rejoices with the truth, always protests, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres." So this is the scripture that I feel that God. is saying through this whole time that we were sharing about the love of God. Because mm. I think this is the foundation of the Bible. This, the whole Bible is, is a love letter to us. Amen. Yeah, yeah. I just for the time for um, answering these questions. And it's very encouraging because I, I feel that it's very true that it, it's, it's love through the spirit that it's active in our lives and in the community. Yes. Because um, there's a lot of broken, uh, there's a lot of broken people in the world. So I think that there's a lot of organizations like love has no limits. That's a way of loving the community because that, that gave homes for homelessness which is a good cause and um, providing ho homes for, for the foster, mm. like who are orphans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Thank you. All right. I hope we uh, get to uh, talk sometime in the future again. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I think you're a very, uh, uh, a very kind and gentle, loving man of God. So I, I appreciate the time that you answered the questions. Oh yeah. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate um, you reaching out and, and what you're doing. And um, I just know that God loves you and he's using you and yes, please call me anytime. Okay. Yeah, sure. Bye.